If you do any prospecting with LinkedIn, you have got to go get set up with Surf. That's S-U-R-F-E. It's a tool you can use to add new contacts to your CRM system directly from LinkedIn in seconds. I'm using it every single day. I add contacts, follow my deals, keep track of notes, and it ends up saving me a bunch of time on prospecting and outreach, which means I can spend more time moving my deals along. The data is always 100% accurate since I don't have to copy and paste all the fields over from each and every contact that I want to put in my CRM. Instead, Surf does that all automatically with just one click in about 60 seconds. The team over at Surf has put together a very special offer for fans of sales players. There's a link down in the show notes and you can use the promo code JWSURF5. Don't forget the E at the end of Surf. That's JWSURF5 for 5% off your first year. Don't spend another minute doing things manually. Go get set up with Surf. Some of the career milestones that I experienced that helped me to know that I was on the right track in my SaaS career. And I know many of you out there listening or are either trying to break into SaaS sales or most recently joined a company in your first SaaS selling role or maybe in an SDR role. And I know that there's, you know, lots of people that talk about the industry out there, but maybe not so many that open up on the, you know, highs and lows and the, the, the struggles and things like that, that can come with having a career in SaaS sales. So, um, besides talking about the good milestones, I want to try to talk about some of the failures as well. So you realize what you're, uh, you know, getting yourself into, now, I'll say that this has been, and I always say that this is a very rewarding career path. There's a lot of upside, you know, both financially and personally. I find the work enjoyable and fun, and I get a lot of fulfillment out of helping my customers find technical solutions to problems. And I just enjoy the game myself. I like working with, uh, you know, enterprise companies, and I like to sort of run my sales framework and playbook to get big deals done. And to, you know, once again, solve problems across a massive enterprise in, in my case. And it didn't start out that way. I always try to emphasize that I didn't just land in enterprise sales. I didn't start my career selling to, you know, household name brands. I started first selling to very small companies. In fact, before I even got into software, I actually sold media for a while. And my my vertical in my media sales role was was the legal vertical. Uh, and I think I switched to healthcare for after a while. But I was selling to lawyers and dentists and doctors for uh, you know some time before I jumped into SaaS. And then my first SaaS role, I was only selling to really small. Uh, I think they call them Soho, like small office, home office type companies, Soho. And that was, you know, business owners who had an e-commerce company. Uh, a lot of times it was people that were side hustling and needed an e-commerce shopping cart to sell their products. So that was my first SaaS role. But let's, uh, let's take it back. I want to call out a couple of the milestones that, you know, when these things happen in retrospect, I realize, uh, and at the time I realized, but also in retrospect, I realized that these are, uh, these were things that were pushing me in the right direction in my SaaS career. And it's how I knew that I was, I must be onto something and was on the right track. So I'll take it back to sort of the early years of my career. And, you know, I've talked about this a bunch on the show, but just to rehash the story, the, the biggest thing that I did early on in my career that I think still has set me up for, uh, you know, the financial success that I've had and the results that I've had and the type of career that I've had was I got myself into 
the the sort of network of SaaS sellers. And how I did that was I left my hometown of Phoenix, Arizona after school, after I finished college, and I moved to Austin, Texas. Now, I realize a lot of you out there listening are not able to go and make a big drastic change or move to you know a more tech-centered city. And I've talked about a lot on the show that I'm, I'm excited to see that the industry is moving out of some of these tech epicenters. So there's, there's, you know, there's still quite a presence in places like San Francisco and Seattle uh, and Austin and Boston and so forth. But I'm glad to see that there's a lot of secondary cities that are getting some tech logos and brands and a lot of tech opportunity. So I'm a big fan of that. I think that, you know, remote is the way to go for, for a lot of roles, but a while back, I had Christine uh, Rogers, who's the COO uh, of Aspireship, and a lot of you guys know who Aspireship is because uh, they have you know training for sort of retooling the workforce towards a more tech, specifically tech sales career path. And she and I got into this discussion about how there's a lot of value in working in person with a team of tech sellers or tech leadership because you're going to get, uh, and I'll, I'll use this a lot today, audibles, you're going to get these audibles from the leaders or from your mentors. If you're working in person, even if you're not in the office every day with that person or, or those people, it still helps to be sort of in the environment and get yourself in, you know, that network. It's harder to do that today in 2022, especially if you're doing a remote role and you're working from, you know, a city that's not close to where your leadership is or where your real mentors and growth can, can, can be found. Right. So, Again, not impossible. And I do what I like about the distributed industry now is that there's more opportunity in SaaS than ever because there's folks in cities that are, you know, not San Francisco or Denver or you know Austin or whatever uh, that are able to to get their foot in the door in a SaaS company. But I'll talk about this more in detail with one of the sort of milestones that I experienced being in Austin in, you know, this network of other people that were doing this profession and, you know, specifically working in tech in Austin was something that I think fast tracked my personal career and opened up my network to even more bigger opportunities. And I think it did definitely help to, to be in that environment. So, uh, you know, I took a risk in 2013 and I moved to Austin left my hometown. I had never been to Austin before, by the way. Uh, I had never even visited for a vacation or anything like that. I moved completely sight unseen. Uh, I leased an apartment online. I had never seen the place until I showed up in Austin with all of my stuff in a U-Haul. It's a crazy story. Uh, it gets even crazier than that because uh, when I got there, I had sort of miscalculated what it was going to cost me to to rent in Austin. It was quite uh, you know a significant increase in my monthly rent going from where I was living in the Phoenix area to Austin. And I ended up the first couple of months there overdrawing my account. Yes, I overdrew my account uh, because I did not have enough money to cover the rent at that time. And I'll get more into what I did about that and how that all worked out for me in just a second. But it was a huge sort of push for me. And I always like the analogy of burning your ships. And if you, if you haven't heard about burning your ships or burning your fleet, I don't remember where the story comes from. But, you know, the idea is that if you uh, are going into battle or something like that, or, you know, you're going to go face a big challenge, burn the ships behind you so you can't go back. There's just no going back. And that's more or less how I structured things for my move to Austin. I was not in a position, you know, I, I, I either had to succeed or die trying, uh, you know, not literally die, but like face great failure and have to call my parents and borrow money or whatever I would have to do. 
And again, I realize out there that a lot of you may not be in a position where you can go and take a massive risk like this. But uh, I will say that the risk definitely paid off. I, you know, landed in my first software role in office in Austin. This is circa 2013. And even better than that, I ended up on the team of a manager who was incredibly influential and still is in, in my career. And for whatever reason, this person just, uh, you know, he took me under his wing and taught me everything he knew about sales. This, I was so new to, to selling. Uh, I hadn't had a lot of success in the media side, frankly. I hadn't seen huge numbers or results. So the fact that I was even trying to get in the door in SaaS sales was just, you know, blowing me. You know, it was, it was, really, it was really a mindfuck, frankly, uh, to think about trying to succeed in SaaS sales when I hadn't had a, a, a huge track record. I'd closed some sales, but I didn't have, you know, this, this track record or profile of, of high success yet. And this manager took me under his wing taught me what he knew. He had been a bond trader on Wall Street early in his career. So he was just an amazing seller. Uh, he had sold uh, you know, media himself for a number of years, uh, decades really. And again, this is still someone who's a close friend of mine today and someone that I call all the time when I need advice. So I got really lucky, uh, honestly. And knowing, you know, once the, once I started working with that manager, I started closing deals and I was able to actually afford my rent in Austin, uh, because the commissions, uh, the commission checks started rolling in. So yes, it was very, you know, right place, right time, right manager. Somehow. Uh, I don't know why that worked out that way because had any of those elements of the equation changed again, I might've had to make a phone call to my, my parents or, or, or at that time, my in-laws and said, I need to borrow some money so I can move back home. Um, and yeah, that, that wouldn't have been fun. So somehow it all worked out. The commission check started rolling in and I started building some, some results or a track record of results that I could then parlay into, uh, you know, selling to bigger companies and selling bigger deal sizes in tech. And so, uh, you know, again, I think the, the lesson here is be on the lookout for those leaders that are taking time to invest in you. If you have a leader that's investing in you and they're good, and they're helping you hit your, you know, financial goals and achieve the results that you want to achieve in your career. You, you know, you're on the right track if that's happening. And I maybe didn't realize it fully at the time, but in retrospect, I realized, you know, huge experience or, or huge opportunity to work for this individual. And that was definitely a, a major milestone in my career. And I now know that that helped propel me in the direction that I'm, I've gone from, from, you know, from then on. So, Let's fast forward to 2015, and I, you know, I ultimately left that first software job and that manager um, to to grow into selling to bigger deal, uh, you know, sell, selling to bigger brands and closing bigger deals. But I wasn't happy with the company that I went to, and I actually took a call from a recruiter at my desk. This is crazy. Uh, this one of the most tenacious recruiters that I've ever worked with, and uh, also still a very close friend of mine and, and professional connection. She called me. She cold called me at my desk. I pick up my phone. My manager sits. You know, a couple seats away. And she says, Hey, you know, Jesse, this is so-and-so and I'm not going to say her name here on the air, but she says, I've got an opportunity that I think you're, you're going to be really interested in. And this is to come in to a very small sales team at a B series funded startup. They've got, I think around 50 employees at the time. It might've even been less than that. It was sub 50 employees most likely. And they sell to the enterprise and they sell a technology that's, that's designed for enterprise e-commerce and retail brands. And you know, your, your profile on LinkedIn came to my attention and you're in Austin, they're in Austin, or at least some of the execs were in Austin and your, you know, your profiles of interest to the hiring manager for this role. Let's talk. And 
this at the time, a lot of people were like, why would you go leave? You know, cause I was at actually, I was actually at a really hot company in Austin that had a lot of fanfare around it. And there was a lot of uh, hype about it. And I didn't see it once I got in the door there and didn't think that it lived up to the hype that they sort of put forth out there. So I was looking for something else. And a lot of people were like, what are you doing? You know, considering this opportunity, uh, it was not a pay cut. It was a small pay raise, but the title was sort of a cut, you know, it was, it was going back to like being an inside sales specialist or rep or whatever the title was at the time. It wasn't very glamorous and sure. The company had raised some money recently, uh, but I didn't understand anything about the sort of enterprise retail category. I didn't know anything about MarTech. This is a MarTech company. But when the, the recruiter that had called me at my desk, we kept talking and she was like, look, this is a chance for you to work really closely with some of the, the greatest leaders in the technology business. And she wasn't wrong. Uh, the, the leader of sales at that company had been part of an amazing success story. Again, I'm not going to say any names or, or logos uh, during this episode, but just know that the, the VP of sales at the company had worked for uh, you know, essentially the first e-commerce enterprise cart that had been sold off to another really big software company. So he, he had helped grow a company to, I don't know what it was, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue, maybe more. And then the CEO of this startup had been, uh, you know, a chief revenue officer at a very well-known publicly traded SaaS company. And he had grown that company from essentially zero in revenue to, you know, I think hundreds of millions is what it was before they went public and exited and things like that. And so knowing that I was going to be working with these two leaders was really sort of one of the big compelling events that it was a small raise. Like I said, it wasn't, you know, the money that drew me to this. It was like the opportunity to go and work with these leaders who had experienced this, this amazing success and knowing that I was going to be working with them in the office in Austin and sitting next to them. And I'd be able to ask them questions about their exits from these various companies and how they built their playbooks and things like that. So that bet turned out to pay off really well. Uh, you know, I, that is probably one of the best decisions I've made in my career to date was to take that role. Um, and by the way, long, long story that I won't dive into. I almost didn't get the role after I, you know, started entertaining conversations with the recruiters. Uh, they almost hired someone else instead of me, that person bowed out and I got the job. Um, and I'm very, I feel very fortunate that I, I was able to go into that company. I moved pretty quickly through that organization and assumed a leadership role at, at a certain point there. Uh, after putting up some numbers and, you know, showing my results. And I think the best part about it was back to the, the sort of audibles. There was a lot of Fridays where I was, you know, in the office sitting next to this CEO who, again, had been a former CRO at a SaaS company that was just wildly successful. And I would just get to sit, we would just sit and chat about business and SaaS and fundraising. He taught me all about fundraising. He had just raised the, the capital for the B-series. And we'd talk about prospecting. We'd talk about negotiating with large enterprises. There was just so much value that I got from, from, you know, working in that role. My direct manager in that role was, is an amazing individual that I'm hoping to get on the podcast sometime. She, uh, was, you know, really one of the pioneers in social selling on, you know, LinkedIn and Twitter and things like that. So I just learned that, you know, I didn't, I honestly didn't earn a wild amount of money in that role, 
but I learned the skills that have, you know, again, propelled me or pushed me into some amazing opportunities. And I really look back and say, man, I'm so glad that I took that phone call at my desk. You know, I didn't take the whole call at my desk. I told her to call me back on my cell later that day, but I'm really glad that I pursued that um, opportunity. And again, I think most people would have probably poo-pooed it a little bit. I hate to say poo-poo on the air. Um, I think a lot of people would have just walked away from it thinking, what is this? This seems kind of janky. Uh, there's not a lot of, there just wasn't a lot. It was a startup. There wasn't, you know, they couldn't answer a lot of questions because it was still so new. The product, the team, the, the, you know, the, the go to market was all so new that, you know, I couldn't ask some of the standard questions like how many reps are hitting their number today uh, on the team that they didn't know. It just wasn't, you know, built out enough. This is a very, very risky move. And my lesson in terms of the milestone itself is, you know, take a few risks. I think it's okay to take a few risks, make them calculated as, as best as possible. You know, at this time I was fortunate that both my wife and I were working. So I felt like even if this startup didn't work out, uh, we would have an income and I'd be able to find something else or go back to doing what I was doing before, but it was worth the the move. And, you know, ultimately the, the salary did get to where I needed it to be or the compensation I should say, cause it wasn't just, it's, not, it's never just salary in sales. But the the comp finally got to the level again because I started building this skill set of working with executives at retail brands, and that is what was you know has was and has been uh, is also still a very desirable part of my CV is that I've had this experience working with brands like, and I won't name the brands uh, that that I worked with there, but you know, you get the idea. They were household name retail brands. In a lot of cases in this company, I got to meet with these executives in person because this was 2015 through 2017. And at that time there was no pandemic. There was no uh, hesitation to fly reps out to go on site to meetings. And so at this company, I did some really, really amazing on-site meetings with some of the world's largest companies where I got to meet their executives in person. I also went to a lot of trade shows. If you ever get an opportunity to go to a trade show, just take it up. Uh, you will not regret it. A lot of, a lot of times people ask me how I've grown my LinkedIn to, you know, just have so many connections. And I, I tell them, well, I used to go to shows like once a quarter or more, um, in the early part of the year is probably a couple, you know, a couple a month even. Um, and you know, going to these shows, you actually get to meet these retail prospects or, or, you know, these enterprise prospects and buyers in person and shake hands and you can connect with them on LinkedIn. And then they remember who you are because you met them in person. You might've had a beer with them or, or shared a drink or something. So that was hugely valuable. And I think, I know, again, another lesson is if you get a chance to go in person, especially now as things are starting to open back up, take any opportunity you can get to go on site, whether that's with your leadership team, your internal team, or with your customers, because that, that opportunity really built my Rolodex in a way that has continued to, you know, essentially pay me dividends in my SaaS enterprise selling career. So that was that. Um, let's, let's move ahead to the next milestone just in the interest of time here. So after doing that for a few years, a connection helped me find my way into a Bay Area unicorn company. This was a very well-funded, fast-growing, very hot company. They've, you know, since exited. Uh, you know, they, they, at the time they were pre IPO, they've since IPO and I believe they were actually recently acquired by private equity. And this was a great opportunity for me for a couple reasons. One, it allowed me to see what SaaS sales process framework success and results look like, looks like at scale. Um, up to this point, I'd mostly been at pretty small startup companies, small being, you know, sub 500 employees 
this was a, you know, I think 1500 employee company when I joined and it was really helpful to work with a full operations team, a sales ops team, enablement. There was a lot of tools. I learned a lot about the technologies in, you know, the, uh, the sales stack world. And I, you know, saw people have success at large scale and what, you know, what a scaled company looks like. So this is really good. And then it just opened up my network. This is a, you know, again, a Bay area company with sales team members that were all over the United States and frankly, all over the world. So I grew my, my network in the industry pretty much exponentially. And I still talk to a lot of the people that I met in that role. And I see that a lot of them have gone on to lead SaaS companies as, you know, executive sell, uh, you know, ex executive sales leaders or marketing leaders. And that's been really valuable to have those individuals in my network. So the lesson here in this milestone is if you have an opportunity to get in at one of these big, fast growing SaaS companies, it's worth going, you know, as long as it's a product you're passionate about and the culture is, is aligned with what you want to see in your sort of day-to-day -day work life balance, as long as those things are in place, it's probably worth spending some time. It's definitely, it's not probably, it's definitely worth spending some time at a unicorn, fast growing, hot SaaS logo. If you can get in the door because you're going to grow your network and you're going to see that that network goes on to do a lot of different things in the industry. And those people will continue to reach out to you and check in if, if you sort of cultivate that. And that's something that I do, I, that I am in a good habit of doing, which is you know, cultivating my relationships and keeping in touch with people that I worked with. And, you know, from time to time I've had to reach out to, not had to, but I've, I've reached out to people to, uh, you know, ask about positions on their team or, you know, find opportunities to continue collaborating. I've even, you know, had that net sold to that network or had that network sell to me. So it's kind of interesting that you grow this whole, uh, network of SaaS professionals. If you can go to one of those big companies. So that was awesome. Um, I learned a lot about executive presence, presentation, and sort of internal, uh, what, this, what they call managing up, which is, you know, when you work in a larger organization, you need to learn how to navigate, frankly, some of the politics and to be able to manage up and present internally and sell internally. Those are really important skills in SaaS sales. You wouldn't think so, um, but they really are because sales is very much a team, enterprise SaaS sales is very much a team sport and it takes a village selling to another village. That's really what it comes down to. And your ability to align your internal resources and navigate your internal organization to get stuff done is actually one of the main drivers of success in, in large enterprise deals. So learning that skill, being at a big company, this was a huge milestone that, you know, now that I look at it, that's at the time too, I knew I must be onto something good here because I'm in this, you know, very well-known company and it's growing, things are moving. I'm growing myself personally. I'm learning executive presence. I'm learning how to manage my internal, uh, you know, teams and, and processes. So that was uh, yet another milestone. So after that company, I went out and actually one of the cool things that I did was I started just networking in Austin. And at the time, I don't think I like, I didn't know what I was really hoping to get out of this. I just would go to lots of networking events in, in Austin, mostly because I enjoyed meeting other tech sellers. I, I, I enjoyed meeting entrepreneurs and founders. And I ended up doing some, frankly, advisory work, I guess is what, what you'd probably call it, where I came into some early startups and helped them get their sales efforts off the ground. And in one case, I worked for the startup as an actual employee. I was employee number six or seven at the company and help them sell their first round of logos for their product. Now that company has since been sold off to a much bigger company. So they exited, the founders are you know, still working at that company, um, the acquirer. 
And uh, what I learned from this experience, and by the way, I, a lot of these I just met, you know, I just found through networking, uh, again, going out to events. In one case, I met the founder of one of these startups while I was on a bike ride. This is a true story. I was riding my bike through Austin and this founder of this tech company was riding, you know, right behind me. We ended up, you know, striking up a conversation on the trail. And the next thing you know, I'm working for him a few weeks later. So kind of crazy. But if you can put yourself out there in whatever way you can is, and you know, this takes a little bit of time. And I think what a lot of people saw in me at that point was I had been at a few early startups. I had seen some processes at scale. So the, the balance that I had at that point in my career was having both experience working in early companies and getting, you know, something from nothing or building traction from nothing. But I also had some practice working with big companies and seeing what scale looks like in a SaaS company. So I had a, you know, I think tremendously advantageous position at that point where these founders could see that I knew my stuff and, you know, knowing that stuff just came from, from being in the environment, practicing, reading a lot, studying, doing the job, trying to do the best I could, learning, soaking it all in. And, you know, that helped me kind of do some of these early stage projects and that experience working with early startups to get their first round of logos sold or to build out their prospecting strategy or, you know, whatever, all the different things that I did for those was also incredibly valuable and was, a you know, I looked at it at the time as just a learning opportunity and something that I was just, you know, genuinely curious about and passionate about and something that I wanted to try out. So that's that. Um, and yeah, that's also kind of positioned me to be, I think, a little unique in my career because I can go into an interview and say, look, I, I understand both the early startup world as well as the scaled out world. I've done both. I get, you know, what it takes, the momentum it takes to get your first customer. But I also understand what it takes to grow and expand your customers at a, you know, larger, more scaled out customer, uh, scaled out company. So uh, last thing I'll talk about because I'm running out of time here, but uh, in 2020, I closed my largest deal of my career. This was another major milestone where I think I, you know, especially when the commission check got deposited in my account, I was like, wow, I've really, really sort of made it in this business. Uh, and I, I think I attribute that deal to just all of the learnings over the years, uh, working with customers and selling and negotiating. And you know, in this case, the, the biggest thing that drove this deal was my ability to navigate this organization. This was a really, you know, big household name company in the services industry. And I worked with the executive leaders all the way down to the people that were on the project level and, you know, manage relationships across different threads. Uh, I was, you know, fortunate to have one of the executives based here in Arizona. So I was able to offer some in-person, even in the middle of a pandemic, was able to, you know, offer an in-person coffee meeting. Uh, socially distanced at that time. But um, I think, you know, having those relationships, being able to present the value of our product and sort of work the, you know, work the process helped me close this, this massive deal. And now that I've closed that, um, you know, I have that on my resume and I can, I can speak to it very, very, you know, specifically in an interview and closing a massive deal like that is a career changer. Because it puts you in a whole nother bracket uh, when it comes to selling. And I even have this customer as a reference for me. So when I interview for roles, 
I can say, hey, you want to just call this customer and ask them about how I did selling to them. And that's pretty much like the ultimate, uh, you know, proof point on your resume. That's better than an employer reference is when your customers are willing to talk to your employers or future employers and say, hey, this guy actually knows how to sell. He sold, you know, a massive deal to our company and, you know, did so by managing resources and working with our leadership team and our project team and got us what we needed to get this deal done. So that, you know, again, I attribute it to all of the learnings over the years, but that was a huge milestone for me. And when that happened, I realized like I'm definitely still onto something very good here. So in summary, I thought I'd also just outline a couple of the skills that I you know, in tandem with just sales and enterprise selling and SaaS selling skills that I tried to hone in on because I think knowing some of these other disciplines helped me to, to streamline some things. So I'll just read these off here. Copywriting, learning how to write, uh, you know, clearly, concisely, persuasively has been an amazing skill set as I work with executives. The shorter the emails, the better the, you know, the more clear your communication is, the more direct it is not using filler words, study copywriting. If you can, um, you can't use all of the copywriting tricks out there in enterprise SaaS, but you can take the, the, some of the parts of that and, and, you know, work them into your communications with your executive buyers, uh, negotiation, negotiation has been, you know, critical as I, you know, not only navigate my career, but also navigate deals with customers, Speaking and presenting, part of me doing this podcast was wanting to improve my, uh, you know, enunciation and the way that I present myself and speak, but I've done some other things over the course of my career to improve the way that I present and speak and, you know, manage a room essentially. Understanding a little bit about economics has helped also just knowing what's going on in the macro and microeconomic worlds uh, will help you have some context and frankly, some empathy into your, you know, customers, especially as you're working with big companies who are impacted by world economics or, or local economics. So, you know, honing in on that, reading a few books, listening to podcasts, that, that kind of stuff has helped me. Project management, when you get to a certain level of selling, it really is just project management because you are trying to work backwards from a date where you need to have a deliverable and coordinating all the resources and getting all the steps and milestones completed to, to kick that project off. That's essentially enterprise selling. So learning about how project management works, learning some of the, especially like Scrum and Agile methodology and tech is really valuable. And I'd highly recommend learning some of those things. Learning about operations, how do financial, uh, you know, resources think about business, what's OPEX, what's CAPEX, learn some of those terminologies and you'll do yourself a big favor. Read some financial statements. That's always been helpful because one, you're going to find pain for your customers, but also you're just going to get a general understanding of how big businesses or even small businesses operate. (laughs) 